This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally, Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, business storytellers. Hey, how's everyone doing? Thanks for joining me. Uh, We want to talk about the subscription business today. How do we? How do companies do it? Why is it important? How do we move forward? Now, of course, uh, in my day job, I work for a subscription software companies, so I certainly have some exposure to that. And back uh, a few, few, I don't know, a few months ago, maybe it's been years, we did have the author of the Forever Transaction on the show, which of course you can see here highlighted um, in the Amazon featured section. So definitely a fan of the subscription model. And I also, you know what, I am so loyal to some of these software companies that I use. I mean, think about how we're live streaming, Restream, Canva, Buffer, there's others. We're not gonna name everybody here. So today uh, I am very pleased to be joined by Chris George. He is a thought leader in the voice and the subscription industry, and he helps, he loves helping entrepreneurs. First, I wanna do say, th- say thank you to Chris and his team um, for their support and for Chris to join me on the show today. Chris, welcome. Thank you so much, Christoph. Appreciate being on. Um, love your studio setup. So much fancier <laughs> <you>. than mine. <laughs> That's my team. They did a good job. Real good job putting that together. That's how you roll. Awesome. So yeah. tell me about your involvement in the subscription industry and, and, and what does that mean anyways? What's the subscription industry? Yeah, so it started off, I was originally the co-founder and CEO of the Gentleman's Box, which was a successful men's subscription box. And from there in 2017, we sort of identified that nobody was cultivating a community of direct-to-consumer subscription brands. And that's when we started Subtub and SubSummit. So now I'm the chairman and co-founder of Subtub, which is the Subscription Trade Association. We also run the largest event in the world for D2C subscriptions with our annual event called SubSummit. Fantastic. And are you guys back in person already or is it everything is still virtual? Yeah. So last year was virtual. We're back in person this year in Dallas, September 21st to the 23rd. So we're excited to be able to network again in person. And you sort of can't replace uh, in-person events with virtual, right? So we're back in person this year. It is true. And of course, it is nice to kind of get out of the house. I mean, I've been sitting in this chair, it seems like for 10 years now. So what? Uh, talk to me about what's the importance of subscriptions for businesses and, and how do businesses determine whether or not that's even the way for them to do it? I know some of the examples you mentioned, um, software, I think is probably a good example. Um, I get um, my mail lady, I'm pretty sure does not love me. Every five months I get the subscribe and save from Amazon, right? So so talk yeah. about that. How do, how do businesses think about subscriptions and what's what's important to to do there yeah i think the most important part is is that it's about a relationship with the consumer so these brands need to build relationships with the consumer especially when you've got like the big box stores like the amazon.com and the walmart.com brands need to be thinking about subscription subscriptions within their business because they need to build relationships with them and they need to be able to provide an experience that you wouldn't get on the retail level and especially post-pandemic when 
People are ordering more than ever online. You know, we saw 10 years of growth in just three months there in Q4 of 2020. Brands need to be thinking about subscriptions because consumers are looking for brand loyalty. They, 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 in a lot of cases, are buying a brand, not just a product. And so you're starting to see that subscriptions are in every part of our life. And the most successful companies are going to have some sort of vertical within their business that has a subscription model associated to it. So it's what I love about that. So one of my trigger words that you mentioned there, I think on the good side here, but is relationships. I mean, yes, we want relationships and, and everything. But when you talk when I when when you mentioned that, I thought, okay, let me just think about that. All these companies I have subscriptions with, what's my relationship, right? It's not just I like them. I mean, I'm even direct TV. Everybody's cutting their cord and I'm adding direct TV packages, honestly, every sports season. So the relationship is though, they're offering tremendous value to me, right? It's not just like, hey, I love my salesperson at that company. Yeah. yeah well, I think it's like, it's not just about being transactional, right? The brands that are just transactional are the ones that are not going to succeed as well. So it's about providing value. It's about providing exclusivity. And again, like DirecTV being able to give you more than just television on your TV, right? They expand it to you like your tablet and your phone and they've got NFL ticket. NFL ticket is just on direct TV. So it's like a real good reason to be subscribed to them. And so, you know, I think that like things that direct TV could do to provide more value in a relationship is maybe like along with the NFL ticket, like somebody that subscribed to that, maybe they send you weekly fantasy reports on like top waiver wire players. Again, I just literally thought of this right now, but that's a way that you start to build a relationship. And when somebody's talking about direct TV, they're going to only have like really good things to say about them. And that's because they're providing this tremendous value that's outside of just a transaction of pay me and you get TV. Like they're doing way more than that, or they could be doing way more than that. I should say. So it's interesting too, because I, I mean, I do have it on my, my iPad. I do have it on my phone. I don't really watch it on my phone and we don't have to go down the, the direct TV rabbit hole here. But the experience DirecTV gives me, we watch the Yankees every day. Almost the whole family does. Yeah. And it's actually, I don't know, maybe there's other subscription services that would offer it too, but it's actually giving us a fantastic experience as a family. Now, how have you seen the subscription industry blossom? I mean, back when, when, when I was growing up, I mean, there weren't subscriptions for really anything, maybe the newspaper. Yeah. So I think, um, I mean, there was, it did exist, right? There was Wine of the Month Club. There was Book of the Month Club. There was like CD Columbia House where they sent you a new CD every month. But we're seeing a blossom because uh, the subscription space is not only providing you value and great products, but they're providing you convenience, right? You look at what Dollar Shave Club did. Dollar Shave Club said, pay us a monthly fee and you never got to go to the store and buy razors again. Um, you can sign up for some of these beauty boxes, like whether it be Ipsy or BoxyCharm. They're saying, sign up for a subscription. Let us provide you a bunch of value with all these great products and, and allow us to help you discover new products that maybe you typically wouldn't have bought in the past. So the subscription space is filling a void in terms of discover delight. In a lot of cases, it's providing a void with like subscribe and save. Like if you subscribe and save with Chewy.com, like I've got two dogs at home. I never have to worry about buying, buying dog food. The bag of food gets delivered to my house every month on the 4th. That's a great convenience for me. I'm saving money. I don't got to run to the store. I don't got to grab a 60-pound bag and put it over my shoulder and carry it to the car and carry it to the house. It's on my doorstep on the 4th. So the subscription space is allowing convenience for the consumer, providing value to the consumer, and in a lot of cases, giving this sort of discover delight where they're presenting the consumer 
products that they maybe never would have discovered in the past on their own. Yeah, it's very true. And so um, as part of the subscription trade association, I mean, so when you were talking, I'm thinking, okay, like what business couldn't offer a subscription service, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I mean, honestly, like, you know, I get my cat, similar to what you just mentioned, just on the other side of that transaction, mm -hmm. I get my cat litter um, delivered, yeah, you know, litter? every litter? Yeah, every couple, yeah. <laughs> every couple months, you know, I, I, I get my cat litter um, delivered. Um, professional services, right? You could, I mean, I think they would call that a retainer, right? Every month mm -hmm. it just renews forever and ever. Um, and for a business, I mean, that's a fantastic way to make money, right? Because you know, or in theory, you know, that people stick around with you. It's in, and as Robbie mentioned previously, it's the forever transaction in her book. Um, are there any businesses that couldn't consider a subscription business or, or who do you yeah. see do it mostly? It's funny that you say that because I always like when I'm speaking at an event, I'll challenge the crowd to tell me what they do and, and I'll build a subscription around it. I think there may be some things in the medical field, right? Like, you know, you don't need a surgery here. You don't want to have a surgery on a regular basis. Um, there's not much, though. I mean, you could build it in pretty much every industry, whether it's the restaurant space, whether it's an oil change, whether it's a salon. I mean, like you can sort of identify a way to build, whether it's a membership model and or some sort of subscription that provides an experience, provides exclusivity, provides discounts. Uh, there's very few industries, I think maybe outside of the medical, where you couldn't build one. Yeah, I, I, I can't come up with any other than, than medical and even medical, you know, you got to go to the dentist. I mean, you don't, sure. as you said, you don't need surgery, but you do need um, yeah. an annual checkup, right? And I'm telling you, I forget all those things and my, like my eye doctor, you know, they, I mean, they remind me, they, or they just sign me up, like, yeah. you know, we'll see you in whatever a year. Very interesting. So the subscription trade association, tell me about that. What, I mean, I mean, who gets involved with that and, and how long has it been around and, you yeah. know, what's the purpose? Yeah, we built that to cultivate a community of all these D2C subscription brands, right? We saw that the space was growing fast. We wanted to facilitate that community, uh, Put, put us as thought leaders within the space. And we bring all the leaders within the subscription space into one room at one time at our annual event, uh, whether that's through webinars. We also do that through webinars and through our Slack channel and through our Facebook community. But we've had brands at our event, everything from Disney Plus to Netflix, Sling TV, HelloFresh, BarkBox, Blue Apron to your mid-level Hunter Killer, BattleBox, Carnivore Clubs, to your startups and growth phase businesses. We've been fortunate enough to cultivate that community help them build relationships, help them network, put them in front of suppliers that can help them grow their business. And that allows us to be at the forefront and really help these businesses grow and, and build really good, profitable subscription companies. And of course, with the webinars, I mean, you don't have to travel if you can't make it to your annual event. That's always great um, that those resources are out there. Um, so tell me about your latest endeavor. I mean, what, certified right is that yeah, your latest yeah. maybe yeah, it's not something it's like a passion project right i um yeah. you know i've had uh been fortunate to have success i've had started seven different businesses two have been acquired gentleman's box was acquired end of october october of 2020 and i really wanted to build a brand that was going to give back uh, one of my metrics for success is having a positive is having a positive effect on as many lives um in thousands of lives. And so this new project is this brand called Certified where we've got ho uh, hoodies and we're launching joggers and, and shorts and t-shirts and 
For every product sold, we donate 100 meals to Feeding America with a goal of getting to 100 million meals. Um, you know, it's an aggressive goal, but it's a, it's a goal of mine, and I think it's something that we can achieve. And it's a passion project for me, something that I'm, I'm doing right now on the side. And, and, you know, we launched just in June, and I think we we're almost at 30,000 meals donated. And um, I love clothing. I like streetwear. It's a streetwear brand. So it's exciting. Mm-hmm. And, and, and people are really catching on to it and, and really excited for the future of it. So it's interesting. It's just interesting how my worlds always end up colliding. I just produced the Real Talk, the Customer Insights show uh, with with Wax Pop Me, my day job, and they talked about Gen Z, how Gen Z cares about you know um, values aligning and all those different things. Um, so so really, when I when I looked up this brand, that kind of came top of my mind because I literally was just writing about it. Um, how do you pick, like what? what cause to get like how did you pick to, to yeah. do meal like why is that near your well, heart it's a good question actually because i'm a huge dog guy i've got two dogs and i love animals um mm-hmm. but i also was trying to find something that could have the biggest impact and you know through feeding america um it really doesn't cost a lot to provide 100 meals and you know this number of 100 million meals can have a huge effect on a lot of lives and i wanted to make that target like that so you know i did my research uh, Feeding America is one of the most well-known um, nonprofits that helps fight against helps the fight against hunger, and the metrics made a lot of sense for the business, right? So I knew that I could donate a, a percentage of the every sale, and that amount of money would cover 100 meals, and the unit economics could make sense with the marketing spend, with the cost of goods, and that's sort of how I've landed there. I think in the future I might say that within this month, for every product sold, we're going to donate 100 meals to a, like an animal shelter. So we stay in line with this hundred meals and it still can fall in line with getting this total of a hundred million. It's just, um, it's just awesome. And and do you, is that, would you recommend that every subscription business that they do something like this or every business? I think every business. I think that we have a duty to give back. I think that, you know, especially in the U S like it's never been yeah. easier to make money <laughs> and like, we're so privileged and I don't think we realize it. And I think that we, you know, on the surface, everybody likes to compare themselves to somebody that has more and they don't think about like comparing themselves to somebody that has less. And like we have a duty to give back. And I think every business could add 10 cents to their product and that could feed somebody. And like you should come up with creative ways to do that. You can you can also find something you have a passion for, whether it's helping kids with school or helping p- people find shelter, or helping animals and, I, and, you know, helping plant trees. You know, you see a lot of brands that do it. Um, and I think that more and more brands should. And one thing that I like I'm trying to do, and, and this might be a difficult task, you mentioned Gen Z's. And you know, to me, there's two types of consumers. There's the consumer that wears like the Louis Vuitton and wears the Gucci and the Prada. And then there's like the consumer that thinks about socially sustainable goods. I'm like trying to merge that, right? And create this new consumer where they can get a high-end, nice quality product that also gives back. And so that's like, you know, I, I've always been the one to sort of take a different route when building a business. And that's one of my biggest goals with this this venture. And so the one thing that I always find interesting too when it comes to subscription businesses is, um, yes, it's easy, it's easier, I guess, maybe potentially, right? You have the recurring revenue, but it's also easy just to leave. I mean, I, I remember, you know, when I had Hulu and then I went to Netflix and we still have Netflix, we canceled Hulu, then we came back a little while later. And like, how how can these businesses tie us to them 
a little bit more like what's the i mean certainly you know doing doing something for a good cause could right so if you're doing something that's near and dear my heart i want to think about it more than once right if i want to leave or not uh but but what else how how can companies yeah do that? so that's like thinking of ways to reduce churn you know i think the um one of the most critical parts about reducing churn is 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 coming up with proactive ways to reduce churn. So looking at your data and sort of identifying if, let's say you're a, a subscription brand and you notice that on average your consumers are leaving on month six. And if you could really dive into the data more, you might actually segment out and know that like the um, sort of demographic of this individual group on average leaves on month five. Well, that means on month four, I'm sorry. That means on month five, let's do something special to get them to stay to month six, right? So I think one of the biggest things that brands can do is look at the data, but do also some proactive churn analysis and do things to keep the consumer engaged right around the time where it's like on average, they're more than likely going to churn. And then that'll allow you to sort of keep that consumer for longer. And then also like gathering the data when they do churn as to why they're churning. There's a lot of brands that make this mistake. They don't ask why you're canceling. Well, that information can be so critical for you to make better decisions for the future. It's never about what we think as founders. It's never about what we think the consumer, it's what the consumer wants. We need to listen to what they're saying. So if a consumer is saying they're canceling because it costs too much, maybe we hit them with an offer to stay on for 50%. Maybe we have a separate product that's a little bit less of the, you know, whatever the offering is and it's at a lower rate. You know, so coming with creative ways to understand why they're churning and then making adjustments to your product can allow you to keep them on for longer. I mean, don't even get me started on brands not listening to anybody. It's just unbelievable to me why that happens. Uh, I'll give you an example. So we've been with Verizon for the longest time ever. And, you know, I my seven-year-old, my, my daughters play competitive softball. So they're kind of all over the place. So I, I got an iPhone for my seven-year-old and I called Verizon. And just because they keep asking me, why, 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 why? It didn't feel intrusive, right? But they said, why do you need this? Like, what are you gonna do with the phone? What's the plan? It said, and I actually, because they listened, I went from getting a free SE, I think that's how you pronounce it, right? The I smaller ones, to an 11. Like I didn't even pay anything else. And, and, and I'm telling everybody about how awesome Verizon is, you know, and I'm like, I mean, just listen to this. Here's what happened because they listened. They actually tied me closer to them um, and then even when I transferred the different phones, you know, they said, oh, why are you doing this? I'm like, well, the, you know, I would like the iPhone 11, the, the seven-year-old can get my iPhone 10. And they're like, oh, yeah. how about this? Have you thought about this? It's just like, you have yeah. to talk to people still, right? That's great. That's the way you're supposed to do it. Absolutely. So um, let's talk about different subscription offerings. I mean, how do you, first of all, how do you tell the story around it? And then second of all, how do you keep evolving it? I mean, that's part of the game, right? You can't just keep hoping people will never, I mean, if I think of Netflix, you mentioned them earlier, they started with, you know, DVDs and now, you know, I can watch them everywhere. I mean, they certainly have evolved. Um, how important is that as you move forward in your, your subscription journey? I mean, look at Netflix also comes up with Netflix originals. So you can only watch it on Netflix, right? It's why like yeah. some of these other streaming services pulled some of their greatest flagship stores I'm sorry, flagship shows and put them only on their streaming service. You know, whether it's Peacock polling, I think it was The Office or some of the other shows, that's one way to really keep somebody on. And so I think one of the ways to keep evolving and one of the ways to keep 
the consumer engages really this exclusivity. Have an offering that you cannot get anywhere else that is only to your membership. Even if you've got like an e-commerce store, like offer something within your membership that only the subscribers have access to. And that's one really good way to keep them engaged, keep evolving and allowing you to really grow your brand. But there's also trust involved, right? Because when you just said that, and I know I'm a marketer, but all I heard in my mind was people saying that you can only get this here, right? This is the this is the only show in the internet where you can hear from great guests. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're a great guest, right? We have other great <laughs> guests, but like there's plenty of shows out there, right? And we're yeah. not the only place. So how do brands, especially newer ones, how do they establish that trust? to, I mean, you know, beyond a, a good product, I guess, but, but how do they, how do they get there? Yeah. So I think like that comes in a few forms, right? Because if it's a brand that's sort of manufacturing their own stuff, like they can literally make an exclusive product, right? Like Netflix, literally nobody can watch a Netflix original anywhere, but Netflix, but you know, also brands having like immaculate customer service and a customer experience, paying attention to social, um, making sure that if, if, Brands are communicating to you via social that you've got someone on your team that's communicating with them back. Um, and, and that having that immaculate sort of customer service. I remember when we started the gentleman's box, like it would be Sunday at 10 p.m. And if an email came in, I was answering it like I was trying to. And like you would see people respond and say, I cannot believe you're answering me 10 o'clock on a Sunday. But like that builds brand loyalty, it builds brand trust um, and, you know, really putting the customer first. People recognize that, right? And so sort of having this amazing customer experience, having amazing customer service is one really good way to build that brand trust. And then again, having an offering that truly you couldn't get anywhere else. And though, of course, I mean, there's different businesses, right? I mean, you talk about the, the different stages of a subscription business. I mean, can you talk to them a little bit or, or how, how does that typically evolve? You mean like when you say stages, like growth versus long? Yeah, like how do you move, like... I mean, first of all, you have to realize, right, that there might be a um, subscription service you can offer, right? So whether you send somebody a product in a subscription box, right? Like, I mean, when you think when you think of Dollar Shave Club, I mean, I've been buying, as you can see, this is my haircut and my my face. I've been buying razors for a long time, right? I go to the store, buy them, and then all of a sudden, I can just get them in the mail. Like, how do people realize that they're um, that they're offering? could could be uh, could be offered as a subscription business and then how do you kind of walk through that yeah i think the biggest thing is 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 there something that you have to offer that the individual needs to get on a regular basis and so that's the brand should be thinking about is this something they need regularly and it doesn't have to be weekly it doesn't have to be monthly it could be something they get on a quarterly basis and so i think the other part of it too is like really going after this next generation of consumers, these Gen Zs, like their consumer buying behaviors, they don't want to own anything, right? You look at like what Microsoft Office did. Five years ago, if you wanted the program, you spent $500 on it. Now you pay a monthly fee. You know, EA Sports introducing a monthly fee to allow you to have access to the games for one monthly fee per month. Um, you know, the Gen Zs are traveling more, so they're not owning as many houses. They're not owning a house. They're renting. They're, they want to work on the beach. And so, uh, you know, there's companies that are offering furniture. You pay them a monthly fee. They furnish your whole home. And when you want to switch out your furniture, you move, they come take it all. And so I think it's almost like, what's this product that I'm offering? And can it be offered on a monthly basis? And how do I make it appeal to the Gen Zs? Because these are the ones that want to buy things on a monthly basis. 
Yeah, it's it's very interesting how how things have changed um, for sure. So, what's next when it comes to subscriptions? I mean, is it you know how does it how's it going to evolve, or maybe is it just going to be um, accepted more, or more companies are doing it, or or what what does the future look like? Yeah, I think with subscriptions, you're just you're going to see it be. It's already part almost every part of your home, but you're going to see more and more brands are going to pivot to the model. Even these big big brands, right? They're going to pivot to the subscription model because again, they want to be able to provide an experience that you can't get on the retail level. We're seeing less and less purchases in store, so um, I think that's a big part of it. I also think you're going to start to see like live unboxing, or you're going to see start to see video of like live presentation of the product, and people can go right on live and like make the purchase. Almost think of like QVC but online. I think you're going to start. See, I think some of these brands are starting to do it. I saw Amazon starting to play with it. I think that's going to be super critical. So if you're like a subscription box, like somebody's going to be live unboxing the box and they're going to say shop now, subscribe now, and you're literally going to do it right on the spot. Um, I also believe that you're going to start to see like some of these brands have to really start to think about text messaging, like text messaging marketing. You got to start gathering phone numbers. Um, less and less people are opening emails. And so these brands need to be thinking about how to acquire text phone numbers so they can text them and communicate with the consumer via text. It's interesting you say that. I don't. I never open emails. In fact, I I don't even answer my phone. I got. I got. If I don't know you, you're yeah. going to silence calls. It doesn't even ring. Um, yeah. I know we're almost out of time. Um, Subta.com. S-U-B-T-A.com. Yep. Check them out. And if you're watching us on the live stream, um, Nancy Harhad, who was on the show previously. Uh, and it's a fantastic expert. There is a webinar tomorrow, World's Best yep. Persuasion Tactics from A to Z. So you can register over there on SUPDA.com. And if you're listening on the, the replay, uh, I'm sure there's going to be the replay available for the webinar as well. Um, but that's always great to see how uh, everybody knows everybody. And Nancy certainly is an expert to to connect with and listen to. Chris, what else? Anything else you can you want to share final words in the last 30 seconds? What what people should consider or think about? No, I just if you I, I believe if you're a brand, I believe every brand should have some sort of subscription model associated with it. Yeah. And you should be thinking about how to do that. That's it's a don't And that's like, that's that's where it always starts, right? You have to even you have to be aware, you have to think about it. Um, and you know, if you have any ideas on what what um, what your brand, how your brand can become a subscription uh, business. Send us a note, connect with Chris, if that's okay, Chris. Or of course, send, absolutely. Send me a note and or send Chris a note and and challenge us, challenge him to, uh, to let you know how it might work. Chris, my pleasure to have you on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.